0: Today is the sixth day of October in 2023. Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. Chapter 49 represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a retiree and a volunteer with Chapter 49. I deal with all things, I wouldn't say all things, but most things communication-wise for Chapter 49. So it's very good to have you with us. What a difference a week makes. We're bringing in uh, Duncan Giles, our chapter president. Uh, the last time we spoke on a podcast last week, we were preparing everybody for a shutdown with almost certainty that one would happen. And guess what? It did not. So, Duncan, it's always good to have you back. We're going to talk about all this in some detail.
1: Yeah, good to be here, Larry. And when you said October 6th, I'm like, thinking, good Lord, it feels like it's like October 31st with everything that's been happening.
0: Well, yeah, and uh, you know, once we get to mid-November, let's hope we can uh, get to Thanksgiving and still be paid for the work that we do, if we're still working. But, you know, Duncan, I want to start off with this. I love living in central Indiana, and I used used to, to work in the media in central Indiana years ago, and I still write a local news blog as a volunteer where I live here in Fishers, Indiana, but it's it amazes me sometimes what the local media kind of focuses on. The biggest story in the Indianapolis metropolitan area the past few days has been about one monkey. The whole city and its environs were on the lookout for this monkey. It's not just some monkey. This monkey could, could travel at 30 miles an hour. And I saw a video, somebody caught a video of the monkeys as it was traveling around a neighborhood and No way I could have caught up with that thing. It took two or three days. The monkey was caught. I understand the Stephen Colbert show did a whole piece on it. We've got some national recognition, but I think what we consider news has kind of changed, hasn't it?
1: It certainly has. What's the entertainment value? That's what people want to know. Not, you know, the mayoral election that's coming up or anything of that nature. But, you know, let's, let's talk about
0: the monkey. Yeah, we all have local elections at the city and town level, but hey, forget about that. We got a monkey on the loose. <laughs> I, but I guess the fellow who had the monkey was not legally able, to actually, to have yeah. that monkey, and that person is now, I think, being charged. I don't know if they're under arrest, but they've at least been charged as uh, as as breaking the law for even having that monkey. But uh, you know, it's just amazing what uh, what goes for news these days. Speaking of news, the biggest news we had over the past weekend was this last-minute deal to pass a continuing resolution to keep the government running, at least for 45 days. Uh, That was passed by the House. Was not expected. And, of course, it did apparently cost the Speaker of the House his speakership. As a result, it was a little more complicated than that, but this had a a very big part to play in that. So, kind of go back, and I mean, when we had Katta she she was, as well-attuned to what's happening on Capitol Hill as anybody. And, and you know, she didn't say there would be a shutdown, but she thought there was a very high likelihood of it. And, um, you know, lo and behold, we had this last-minute deal that did come together with the Speaker of the House, You know actually did the right thing and, and wanted to be an institutionalist and was punished by a small group of his own caucus. I won't get into all that, but, Duncan, just tell us, uh, how did we... Uh, Dodge the bullet this time
1: yeah this was this was truly fascinating and uh as you said now it's historic with the speaker losing his job because of it um you know we have tried to basically say let's just pass if we can't get the spending bills we need let's pass a clean continuing resolution a cr and for the most part this one was fairly clean it didn't have a few things in it like aid to Ukraine, but it shouldn't have had that much in it that was upsetting. But there were several members of Congress who were not happy, specifically in the House, that you know there were not a lot of cuts in this and a lot of things thrown in. And you know, I just I'm very glad rationality won out in this particular instance uh, for us to get a continuing resolution so we could uh, move forward at least, like you said, until uh, mid-November.
0: So we have this continuing resolution in place. The previous year's uh, budget uh, will continue for that period of time, so we'll be in mid-November when this thing runs out. But I think the the one thing that concerns me, and if you if you watch the national media, they're following this whole soap opera of who's going to be Speaker. My understanding is... That one particular news network has corralled six of the leading candidates to be Speaker of the House. They're going to have a televised debate. Now, this is crazy, and most of the most of the members of the House in the majority party are furious about this behind the scenes. Like, what are we doing? This is something that's kind of an inside ball thing it's something done within the family as they say uh, where you have to kind of make deals with people to become a speaker and they're saying you want to publicly talk about this on a television network i don't know about you this is not a good sign for me i i think this means that they're just more in for the the circus as they call it and more of the uh, public bravado than they are actually getting something done so as long as this speakership is technically vacant, it's not good news for us because, you know, if there's going to have to be a deal made on budgets, there has to be somebody there to make the deal. If there's no speaker, you cannot make a deal.
1: Yeah, I'm 100% in lockstep with you on this. It's, It's very strange, especially since there are more than the six candidates, you know, I fielded some phone calls and had to turn them down and tell them, no, I'm not interested in being Speaker of the House. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because technically, and that's what's, actually, that's what's amusing. A Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. And we've heard some very interesting possible choices that would have no shot at being elected Speaker of the House. Uh, Names come forward. But, you know, as you said, right now, there is a pro tem speaker who can basically just open and close the House, but they're not allowed to uh, make sure that any legislation gets forwarded, which would include our budgets, more continuing resolutions, things of that nature. And the House, in its wisdom, uh, after you know this happened earlier this week, said we're going to recess for the rest of the week. Okay, aren't there a few things you need to work on? You know, that was my thought. I'm sure it was your thought. I understand cooler heads prevail, but we don't have a lot of time to get the work of the people done. And that's the way I look at it.
0: Well, so now that we have a vacant speakership in the House, there was supposedly a deal made among these people, Mitch McConnell in the Senate and Chuck Schumer, the leaders, the Speaker of the House and the President of the United States and i'll say this much for mccarthy at least he realized that you know if his word was good for anything he had to stand by that deal well when his own members wanted to cut spending 30% below that that was the real hang up as i understand it it wasn't even a majority of that a caucus in the house it was it was a small number but a small enough number to vacate the chair and and it has to do with the rules, and I don't want to get into that, those weeds at all. But I will say this, with all of this considered, and a continuing resolution, resolution, I think goes to the 17th of November, if I remember correctly, or within a few days of that, where do we go from here?
1: That's the, that's the $64,000 question, Larry, it truly is. Um, with the Senate being in recess, because the Senate's like, well, you know, if the House is not going to be here, what, What do we need to be here for? Um, And the House, you know, not being here, they've got to elect a speaker. We don't know how long that's going to take. And once they elect a speaker, then they're going to have to do, you know, the work of trying to figure out what to do next. I am fully anticipating that they're going to need to do another continuing resolution. I don't know for how long it will be, but they would need to do another one. Will all this be able to be done before the middle of November? I don't know that it can be or will be. It can be. I don't know that it will be. And, you know, this is something that frustrates me to no end on behalf of American taxpayers and mostly our members. Because, they're you know, everybody's coming to work every day saying, are we going to be having a paycheck, not having a paycheck? Are we going to have to come in and work and wait for a paycheck? Nobody knows this. Um, And it's mentally draining on everyone to try and figure out what's going on. The best advice I can give anybody right now is is if you possibly can, build up a emergency fund between now and the middle of November because I think it's very possible that we could be headed for another shutdown. I hope the heck I'm wrong, but I think it's very possible that we could be.
0: So prepare for the worst, hope for the best. I think that's what you're saying. And if, you can't, if you're not in a position uh, to, to, uh, to lay money back, at least see if you can find a line of credit because you can pay it back once you get the back pay. And I know that's hard for some people. People have had financial setbacks and, and their credit scores aren't what they would like them to be and it's hard work to get that back up again. So uh, just uh, do the best you can to prepare. We hope it doesn't happen. And it is so awful. These people who you know, work for the federal government and and not all of them are in high-paid positions. Not all of them are in a position to save money or be able to to weather the storm of of a shutdown. Especially if bo- if you're a, it's a married couple and both spouses work for the federal government at the same time, that can be a real burden. And and uh, this is just not the way to run a railroad. And It's certainly not a way to attract and retain your employees. So, you know, but it seems that there are certain people in Congress that don't care about that, and that is the sad part, don't you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the employees. It's the taxpayers who may be deprived of services. Um, It's just there's no sense. And, you know, some of the most insightful articles I've read said, okay, when there have been shutdowns in the past or potential shutdowns, there were specific reasons for it. There were genuine political disagreements that came up that there were a reason that were people at odds. You know one great quote I like this, this would have been potentially and still could be the Seinfeld shutdown. Uh, you know a shutdown about nothing. I, I saw that quote and I was like that's just so on point because there's there's not any real reason not to do continuing resolutions not to you know pass appropriations bills. Are you going to have differences between the House and the Senate? Absolutely. That's why you pass your bills and go to conference committee to try and solve them so we can move forward, get things passed, let agencies and therefore employees know what the budgets are going to be so we can do the work again for the American people, which is what they were elected to do.
0: So we will keep you posted on how this is going. Uh, you know it all these things are interconnected. what uh, what the drama in the House majority. Trying to get a speaker elected. This does. There's the reason Duncan and I are talking about this. This has an impact on whether there will be another shutdown. We hope there won't, but if there's disarray at the leadership in the House, there's if there's no body for the Senate and the President to speak to and and discuss a possible solution, you cannot come to a solution, and that's why this is of interest to us all. We'll continue to keep you posted on this at our. Uh, On this podcast weekly, as as weekly as we can keep it, and of course, we do have a a Facebook page. We'd like to promote that. We've had several people who are now following our Facebook page due to the shutdown. I think trying to keep track of it. So our Facebook page is is right on Facebook. If you go on Facebook, all you have to do is is do a search NTEU Chapter Forty Nine Indiana. That exact phrase. There is another old Facebook account that. Nobody has a password for us. It just sits out there. So, uh, but this is the one that is current, the one we try to update on a regular basis. Just use that specific phrase and uh, follow us. Please do that. And, and we'll be doing our best to keep that up to date. So it'll be on your own uh, Facebook newsfeed. Let's move on and talk about yoga. Why is yoga an issue for us? Well, there apparently was a chair yoga program that was part of the EAP, the Employee Assistance Program. Well, as I understand it, somebody found out that, well, this was not part of the EAP contract, as I understand the facts, and so they had to end the program because it wasn't covered under the contract IRS has with this EAP provider. Well, then some email got sent out to, I think, I don't know how many people, but a lot of people saying that, well, we we have to end this chair yoga program because of NTEU. Let's be clear, Duncan, NTEU had nothing to do with this. I told you before we started recording today that this was a deja vu for me because when I was a union official, I had people coming up to me all the time saying, we can't do this or that because the union said we couldn't. I said, Oh, let me straighten you out on this one. Well, what would happen is management would make a decision, employees didn't like it, would we'll blame NTE when we had nothing to do with it. So, tell us the story about this chair yoga program.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. This was absolutely deja vu because it doesn't happen that much anymore. Apparently, there were around 300 or so participants in this program, and as you said, EAP didn't cover it, and they found out, so they couldn't continue the program. And whoever was doing it said, well, you know, management and NTU said we couldn't do this. And, of course, it started bubbling up to chapter leaders. Um, You know, I can tell you that uh, Lori McCann and I, uh, our friend from up in Chicago, were all over this saying, whoa, whoa, wait. You know, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Lori's connected with National NTU. Of course, they'd never heard of this thing. And so, you know, it comes, like I say, we find out what the exact deal is. NTU has nothing to do with it. And oftentimes when you hear, well, NTU put a stop to this or NTU won't let us or things of that nature coming from a management official, my advice is to check with your local NTU chapter because most of the time it'll be a situation like this. Yoga it's like going, what? No, we had nothing to do with starting this, stopping this, anything to do with this. So, therefore, they're just trying to look for a scapegoat. We're a convenient scapegoat, but we don't let it happen, especially when we had nothing to do with it. So, it's just one of those things where stories start. And, like I say, it started out with 300 people that got this email, and then it went all around the service.
0: Well, yes, it doesn't take long for, for an email to get a life of its own. What I found interesting, Duncan, is since I'm not in the IRS any longer, I'm retiring you often share email chains with me, so that I can, you know, get keep people up to date on Facebook and prepare for this this podcast. And what I found interesting is the subject line on that email you sent me talked about Yogi Chair. Y O G I. I thought, what does yep. Yogi Bear have to do <laughs> with
1: with? Yeah, somebody made it. a boo boo. Okay, there's my dad <laughs> joke for this. Podcast. Oh, that's a
0: bad joke, but thank you for it. We needed that. <laughs> No, but uh, it was yoga, not yogi. And uh, yes, uh, NTU is not opposed to yoga. We're on the record, right, Duncan?
1: Exactly so. I can speak confidently for national and any local leaders. We're fine with yoga. It's not an NTU issue.
0: Well, let's move on to something that does impact a lot of people, and this has to do with awards. The awards program is something that goes all the way back to the late 80s. I was a new steward when the awards program was first negotiated. It's changed a lot since those days, as the IRS has, of course. So uh, awards now uh, uh, have been a a, a very important part, I think, of, of compensation, especially when you get a mature workforce where people do tend to be highly rated in their evaluations because they've done the job for a long time. They know how to do it well. And when you have highly evaluated people, you're going to have more people eligible to get into this awards pool. So NTEU was trying to enhance that program. Tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah, right now it is the, you know, in your particular pool, and they are nationwide pools now, the top 55%, Plus ties get awards, and those awards can go up to about two percent of the pool. The that would be the employees' salaries that are in the pool. What National MTU has done is, when we are doing a reopener in the contract, is try and increase that percentage. We want to raise that percentage so more people can get awards and get more of the money for that. It'll still be the top fifty-five percent, but. We think that that number uh, can increase as well. We want to make sure that not only do deserving employees get awards, but they get more substantial awards as, you know, the cost of everything is going up. So we want to try and uh, make sure that the right amount of the IRS budget is going towards that.
0: Now, I'm going to give you a little history lesson here because I became a new steward in the late 1980s. And the first stewards meeting I attended, where everybody from the state came in, uh, that was when we realized there was going to be this new awards program. And at that time, we still had districts and regions. So local chapters negotiated their own contracts locally as to how that money would be handed out. And we had a contract that got national attention. Other chapters wanted to know how we did it. Uh, we had the General Accounting Office, is what they used to call it, I think it's General Accountability Office, now the GAO. I had somebody uh, from that office come to Indianapolis, and we sat down and talked about that contract. It was like a model contract. She wanted to see a copy of it, and people loved it. But, of course, that went away when the IRS changed and we lost our districts and and, and local bargaining is sort of a thing of the past. But uh, I think uh, Chapter 49 has always been at the forefront of that. And it's so good to see that uh, NTU at the national level, where most of this bargaining is done now, is working to enhance that program. One that I think all uh, employees who are eligible for it, which is a large portion Uh, certainly enjoy that, and I have to say, if it hadn't been for NTEU pushing for an awards program, there wouldn't be one. Yeah,
1: when this original, like you said, uh, every every chapter almost used to have their own, uh, when it became a national issue and, um, you know, when this was done, it was a choice between this particular model doing the top 55% plus ties – or no awards program whatsoever. And over the years and over the different contracts, we've been able to modify it a little bit and try and make it more fair and better for employees. And this is something that our national leadership has really pushed for. The chapters are all behind it to try and increase the uh, amount going to the awards. So it's something that you know when employees say, well, what has NTU done for me lately? We're doing stuff every single day, either right up front or behind the scenes to try and either make your life better or try and get you more money.
0: So when you get that awards check, thank NTEU. We got that for you, folks. (laughs) If it hadn't been for NTEU pushing for this, you wouldn't get it, and it wouldn't be in the amount you have it because we pushed hard to get that pool higher, and that's one of the things that uh, the union at the national level is doing with the support of the local chapters, by the way. Let's go to something else. Uh, We go back to hoteling. Now, again, this, we're not talking about travel here. <laughs> we're not talking about staying in a hotel. We're talking about offices of IRS reducing their space to a what's called a hoteling concept. I'll let you remind people what that is here in a moment. It's been proposed by management to reduce more space. I mean, when you look at IRS and their expenses, by far the number one expense is, is human capital. But number two... Is rent and 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 he has worked with Ch- reasonably with the management on this in the past. We understand that that is a big cost to the agency. So rent reduction has always been a goal of of the agency. Well, now space reduction seems to be pushed a lot more aggressively. This hoteling concept, which I'll let you explain again, and people have forgotten how that works. Uh, I think the most important thing, Duncan, is that people who are in the field in particular, who are away from the office a lot, revenue officers, revenue agents, for example, maybe a few other people uh, in the service who are not necessarily in their office all the time. They're the ones that will be impacted most by this, this whole space reduction hoteling. So tell us what hoteling is again and what the management is proposing at this time.
1: Yeah. Uh, before I do that, I want to go back to something real quick on awards because we're getting a lot of questions. When will awards be paid out? And right now with the continuing resolution, it's usually paid out before the end of the calendar year. We're not sure that's going to happen. We'll let you know as soon as we have information on when the awards are going to be paid out. We just don't know at this point. Okay. On hoteling, hoteling is very simply death sharing. That's, that's the actual name for hoteling. And Right now, if you are on frequent telework, you can be in a three to one situation. In other words, you can uh, management can come in and say, you know you can share a desk with two other people. They want to increase that nationwide to five and also encompass people who are on reoccurring telework because they're as as you said, Larry, they're either, you know their second biggest expense, is, um, aside from apparently not doing printed contracts, which is a huge expense to them, apparently, uh, let's not give the employees information that they can have. Uh, let's, let's eliminate that as well, is the physical space. And what they want to do is try and reduce that, and that's understandable. Now, uh, myself, other chapter leaders, and certainly nationally, have said, okay, we're ha- fine doing that, what management envisions in some places, and I think they were trying to do this nationally, is, well, it doesn't matter right now if you have the desks or not for everybody that's on, say, frequent telework. We want them to go down to three to one, even if you've got desks for everybody. This makes perfect sense. I, You know, it's sort of like the new math. It's like, what? You know, if you're reducing space, understandable. Absolutely Understandable. But I can give you a flip side to this. Right now, we've got a POD in northern Indiana and our and our treasure, our chapter 49 treasure, so, oh, gee, God, God bless her, she's dealing with this. Several years ago in this post of duty, they decided to reduce space. Okay, we've got too much space. We're going to reduce space. We're going to have everybody hoteling. Well, because of the fact that we're hiring so much and they've hired field folks, We have no hoteling desks. There isn't any desk for somebody who wants to hotel to do it because they're all doing it because they've got a lot of trainees who are in the office five days a week. So there's no place for those people to go. So, you know, upper level management, i.e. 1111, Constitution Avenue, where IRS headquarters is, needs to do a lot of common sense thinking on this. And do it where it makes sense. You know, if it, if you've still got a lot of desks and you haven't done a release of space yet, where's the harm in letting the employees be there? If you need to go to three to one, that's fine. You know, when they're talking about going to five to one, that's going to be a, a I'll tell you, quite frankly, a logistical nightmare for the IRS to try and get that done. I don't think they realize it. I think it's going to be uh, quite difficult for them. And I think when you're talking to have you know different meetings or things going on and different PODs and different groups, um, it could be a logistical nightmare. But that's what they want to try and do. We are going to be negotiating over these and trying to bring out these facts to the service to make sure that this is done, hoteling is done correctly. Telling is going to be a way of the future because of the tele- amount of telework we do. If people say, well, I don't want to give up a desk or I don't want to share a desk, you don't have to. You just have to come back to the office and work every day. You don't want to do that? Okay, well, then, unfortunately, you're going to have to desk share. That's just the way that works. But we're going to try and make sure that it's done correctly and the fairest way possible.
0: So we'll keep an eye on this. We'll update you here and right on our Facebook page. The uh, call centers, in which Indianapolis has a call center, uh, seems like they can, they're never content with uh, whatever they have as their reporting structure because we have yet another one that's been implemented. So without getting into all the weeds of that, just will the frontline employees working at call centers uh, see any changes as a result of these structural changes?
1: The short answer to that is no. Um, their managers are going to remain the same. Their second level managers are going to remain the same. Uh, their ops managers, the person in charge of a particular call site, may change or may not change, and their area director may or may not change. So, yes, it's a reorganization. Basically, it's a span of control thing. How they want to operate and make it more streamlined and you know throw stuff on the throw stuff on a table and rearrange it and say okay yeah this looks good. Um, But there should not be, repeat, should not be any significant changes to any employees that are on the phones. Now, for our folks who do uh, centralized review, there may be a little bit of tweaking on who you're monitoring, things of that nature. But your job is not going to change and your manager should not change.
0: Okay, that's important news to know. So when you hear these rumors about structural changes, it's mostly in the management chain and uh, who your upper managers report to could mean mean some changes in what's called the operations managers who run the top management official at the call center. So we'll, if anything does seem to filter down to the, the rank and file of workers, we'll let you know. One last item here. You've um, been informed that there's a cost comparison tool for vehicles. This has to do with multi-day travel. We've talked about this a little bit before. Um Tell us again what this is about and what NTEU is trying to do.
1: Okay. Yeah. This one came about when somebody uh, high up, some analyst somewhere high up, non bargaining analysts, you know, we love you. We love you, bargaining analysts. The non bargaining analysts sometimes come up with really interesting ideas. And this one was well, you know, somebody's going to be, you know, going to make field calls for a day, not going to be out overnight. But traveling out and making field calls, well, they should be doing a cost comparison to see if it's cheaper to rent a car than to do, you know, use their own vehicle. Yeah, this is not, you know, much work at all to try and figure that out. Try and call different places, go online, take a look, see what taxes and fees are involved. That doesn't involve much time at all that could have been done to field work. Not at all. Uh, National NTU finally and god bless the chapter presidents and ken moffett and his staff who worked on this uh, to get them to see reason on this exact part where if you're gone less than 12 hours no per diem is involved you don't have to do the cost comparison for the vehicle anymore that's a huge big step Um, now what we're pushing for we pushed for it during the negotiations i understand and we're continuing to do so, is when it's going to be multi-day. You know, is it really necessary to do, you know, that cost comparison? Because if it's multi-day, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but rental cars charge by the day or by the week. The longer you have them, the more it costs you. With your own vehicle, it's just the mileage you're putting on, to get there and back or do whatever you need to do. So the chances of multi-day, the rental vehicle being cheaper, are very, very slim and, and very remote, very rare. So we're trying to make them see reason on that and still continuing to push. But we're just glad that we finally got the the one day, no per diem, nothing of that nature. You don't have to do the cost comparison anymore.
0: You know, I've only had to rent a car on IRS business one time. And all I remember is they put me in the longest line to get a rental car. So we had a nice contract for the government, but it wasn't necessarily the best for the employee. And it was, I only had to rent the car cause there was no other way to, to get done what I needed to do at that particular assignment. Okay. Duncan, your final comment.
1: Yeah. My final thought for this podcast is we're coming up on a holiday on Monday. Um, And, you know, this is, you know, it was called originally Columbus Day. I call it Indigenous Peoples Day. I am not woke, and I am not a woke guy at all. But I can tell you that Columbus didn't discover America. There were already folks here called, you know, the original people that were here called, oh, I don't know, American Indians, that were here long before Columbus was. So I think we need to remember that and celebrate those folks. Enjoy the holiday if you've Coming back, viewing this after the holiday. Hope you had a great one. Got some relaxation in, but to me, it should be Indigenous People's Day and not Columbus Day.
0: Yeah, the Columbus we learned in school when you and I were in school. It's he's more of a controversial figure today. But since you've stolen my final comment, I only have one thing to say. <laughs> since you mentioned woke, I've just you know, people talk about being woke. I still don't have a good definition for what that is. But I've decided instead of being woke, I will be. Napping. So and rather than awoke, I will nap. How's that? I think that's a much better idea. And being a retired guy, trust me, I get my naps in during the day when I need to. Duncan Giles, thank you so much. Always great to talk to you. This is the Chapter 49 podcast. We try to keep this as weekly as we can. And uh, we're very happy that you know, you've chosen to to join us. And, and if you like this podcast, kind of spread the word, let people know about it. If you would like to have uh, an email every time we post a new podcast, both a video and audio link, whichever you want, Duncan will be more than happy to send that to you on a regular basis to get on that list. All you have to do is send an email to NT. I'm sorry, what is it? Is it NT? Is it Chapter 40? What is our email address? I forgot it. NTU49 N-t-u at AOL.com. NTEU49 at AOL.com. This is what happens when you get old, Duncan. Hey, I want everybody to enjoy this long holiday weekend, and we'll keep you posted on shutdowns and any other information that there may be. But in the meantime, we thank you very much for watching and listening. We love ha- talking to you. Please be safe and be kind.